Uh, hello and welcome. Uh, we are here today discussing Pakistan with someone who has written four books on the subject and is a well-known public intellectual, Ambassador Hossein Haqqani. Pakistani politics has recently gone through a lot of turmoil. In March, faced with a no-confidence motion, then Prime Minister Imran Khan, alleging a foreign conspiracy, dissolved the parliament. This forced the Supreme Court to step in, restore the parliament and ensure what was held. The country now has a new Prime Minister, Mia Muhammad Shahbaz Sharif. Mr. Sharif faces many challenges, a fragile economy, an aggressive Tehreek e Taliban Pakistan that has support from across the border in Afghanistan, in addition to mending relations with all of Pakistan's neighbors, countries in the Middle East and the West. Former Prime Minister Imran Khan, however, continues to whip up hysteria among his cult-like following to apply pressure on the new government. Ambassador Haqqani, when I was watching the recent turmoil in Pakistan, it reminded me of these lines from your book, Reimagining Pakistan. And I quote, Pakistan is a volatile, semi-authoritarian, national security state, which has failed to run itself consistently under constitutional order or rule of law. Why, Ambassador, is it so difficult for Pakistan to change its direction and become a more normal country? It may have something to do with how Pakistanis view their country. Uh, Pakistan is seen as some as a special ideological country, uh, a country with a special mission, uh, and uh, its uh, elite does not see the constitution or, for that matter, uh, rule of law as essential. Uh, so when you have this special purpose in your minds, uh, then you don't follow the normal practices of other countries. For example, there are so many parliamentary democracies, votes of no confidence are normal. If your allies leave you, the prime minister resigns, he loses his majority. But here, no, there has to be an international conspiracy. And the book that you cite, Reimagining Pakistan, talks about Pakistanis being prone to conspiracy theories for the same reason. So I would like to draw you out on this. Um, you know, sort of Pakistan was the most allied ally of, of uh, United States, a frontline uh, state in the war on terrorism. But today, Pakistan is barely discussed in policy circles in the West. The narrative, as you said, however, in Pakistan claims it's a, it's a conspiracy. And again, you have, you have challenged this narrative. You say that, you know, almost all nations have an embellished narrative. Uh, but few nations resort to absolute denial of any transgression and project themselves as victims of others. So if I were to draw you out and ask you, what are some of the inconvenient truths, the unpleasant facts that you wish your countrymen understood? So first thing is that uh, what is today Pakistan uh, was not Pakistan in history. It was various uh, 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 states, various countries. It was part of various empires. Uh, the British Empire brought it together. So what is today Sindh was an independent country until 1843. What is today Balochistan had its own autonomous identity for a long time. What is today Khyber Pakhtunkhwa was part of, or at least most of it was part of Afghanistan uh, until uh, 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 pretty late in the 19th century. Um, Pakistan was made, cut out of whole cloth. The, that the theory was that the northwestern and northeastern regions of uh, British India that had a Muslim majority uh, should be a separate country. Once Bangladesh went away, that ideological division ended. So what Pakistan 
could and should have done was to find a new basis and say, well, this is the land of the Indus. These are the regions. They form part of this new country. Let us try and work it out as a federation and a democracy. Instead, they doubled down on the ideological divide. So now their worldview is India is a permanent enemy that's constantly conspiring to undermine Pakistan and undo Pakistan. It has a huge challenge to make things more complicated at the time of partition pakistan got 17 percent of british india's resources 19 percent of its population but 33 percent of its army so when you have a much larger army and then your resources uh, and then you didn't raise the army to match the threat you had but you raised the threat to match the size of the army you inherited and that is exactly uh, what has happened in Pakistan. The military has become the dominant institution. The soldiers are uh, simple people. They are taught to find the enemy and fight him. But if their job is also to define who the enemy is, then you have the kind of situation we've ended up in Pakistan. They've defined Pakistan's uh, regional leaders as enemies. Uh, they've defined India as an enemy. And they've defined anybody who is not an Islamist in Afghanistan as an enemy. And now increasingly, they see the West as an enemy. So that is where Pakistan is because of those very problems that can be traced back to its foundation. Um, Ambassador, thank you so much. This has been um, uh, wonderful to speak with you. And since we're almost out of time, um, I'd like to say this is this is Aparna Pandey of the Hudson Institute, and you were speaking, and I was speaking with Ambassador Hakani, who is also a colleague at the Hudson. Um, Ambassador, I guess the next few weeks and months we uh, will be quite critical for Pakistan, and we'll see how that goes. Thank you very much.